You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am doing fine. Uh, me and you were both uh, chasing down this Trey Sanders rumor. By the time this is out, everyone uh, will have heard the deal by then. But, uh, yeah, we were, you know, the, the, the first time you ever hear of, like, something bad has happened, the first time, it, it's inevitably exaggerated. You know, whether it's Brody Croyle getting shot, dove hunting in Argentina, or, or whatever the hell the story is. But the first time you hear it, it's like, oh, my goodness. And then inevitably you find out that the story is partly true, but not that bad. Yeah, that does go all the way back to Brody Croyle and Argentina. That was that was a thing, man. That's old school. Right? Um, but what did happen? Was it he he was shot by Dick Cheney? What was the story? I I don't remember specifically. Uh, and the thing is, it's so out there. And and this is what I think happened because you know the, the, this came from 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 Ti back. You're talking about 2001. You know, back in there, 2000. So 20 years ago, I think the initial story that was posted was. Brody was dove hunting and he got shot. And then somebody said, where? And then, then, then a whole nother person said he was in Argentina. And, and, and it sort of went from there like that was the story. I, I don't think that was the original story. I think people just kept adding to it. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of a, a funny thing I did in my class clown years. <laughs> well, I, mean, I was in, I was in uh, the 12th grade. I remember I did this and the teacher was trying to make a point. I can't remember what class this was, what class this would have happened in, but it was like a substitute teacher, you know, and you always screw with the substitute teacher. Uh, she came up with this game or this, this, this edit to show us how rumors uh, never stay the same when they get repeated. So she was going to make up some gossip and tell the person in the front row. And then that person was to turn around and tell the rumor to the person behind them. And then it would get all the way to the back you know, the classroom after it's gone through all 24, 26 people. And so, so I'm going to show you how much the rumors change, you know? And uh, so I'm like, this is, and, and her name is like Miss Howard or something. <laughs> so I immediately cooked this up. I mean, I immediately, because as soon as she said, I'm going to show how much the rumors change by the time it's retold 24 times. So I already cooked up what I was going to do. So, uh, you know, it's finally told to the girl who sits in front of me and she turned around and she says something to me like, uh, um, Miss Howard purchased a car this weekend and uh, it's a lemon. So she's taking it back to the dealership, the Ford dealership in Pensacola. That, that's the story, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I nodded my head and I turned around and, and told the person behind me, Miss Howard is dating Coach Dean, who was our football oh. coach, <laughs> our married, our married football coach. All right. I turned around and whispered, is it? And, 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 and then that survived. It goes all the way to the back. And, and she asked the person in the back, all right, repeat the rumor. We'll see how much it changed with what I told this person to start the whole thing. And they're like, 
Miss Howard is dating Coach Dean. Yeah. They were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This seems a little bit heavy-handed for this exercise. Yeah, well, why would a substitute teacher immediately come in here and start saying she's the head coach, the head football coach's secret girlfriend? Holy cow. Yeah, yeah so. that good. that's uh yeah. So then after your expulsion, how did life go? <laughs> they made me go to law school. It's terrible. It's uh, terrible. So, all right, Jimmy. I don't so know we, how. Once again, we did what we you know we we start talking about Alabama football, and then what the hell happened? You know that. Well, that's true. Uh, it it does sort of remind me of when I was at Indian Springs. There was a mildly substitute teacher. One of our other teachers, I think, it had got was out with cancer treatments and et cetera, et cetera. And so we had a like a quick substitute that was going to be there a little bit more long term, and. We were doing, uh, I can't even remember what the story was about. I can't remember what we were talking about, but there was some story and then there was a dog involved and like I was being a smart ass because I wasn't very smart and everybody at Indian Springs is smart but me. I was there on a No Child Left Behind program of some description. And uh, and so I kept asking these questions about the these dogs in the story, like just being a, a dick trying to get out of class. And finally, she said, Luke, you're really into dogs, aren't you? And like everybody went, you know, was like, ooh. And I was like, not as much as they're into you. And like, <laughs> and I literally got up and ran around the class doing like an Arsenio Hall type thing, you know. Oh, because you just, because you hit a home run with the joke? Oh, I thought I killed it. I mean, I was like, I was running the bases. And, you ran um, a victory lap. You ran a victory lap. Said, yeah. She said, yeah, you're going to need to see me after class. And I was like, shit, I hope it's not about dogs. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, so anyway, I kind of remember that too. Yeah, I had some of those moments. But uh, anywho, if you don't know what the hell we were talking about at the very beginning of this podcast, we were talking about the rumor, well, I think it's now been confirmed that Trace Andrews yep. was in some description of an automobile accident. We don't know all the specifics at this time of recording, but he's apparently okay which is very good news. It does make you think, I mean, like, look, all 2020 should make all of us think about all of our life choices and life flashing before our eyes. I mean, everything from pandemics to presidential elections to uh, the way people react to presidential elections to uh, automobile accidents and, and, and deaths we didn't think would be happening in 2020. It does. I mean, my initial thought was, wow, you know, like, Okay, Hope Trey's okay. I mean, at first, dude, there was rumors that he wasn't okay, and somebody posted a picture of what his the car looked like, apparently, which I don't even know if that's it. And it just, those things start like wildfire. And then I was thinking, you know, okay, when I found out he's okay, I was like, you know, this could be one of those moments for Trey where he, I mean, a couple of things could happen. You know, he could he could be like, okay, I I'm going to, I got to change the way I do some things or whatever. Not saying this was a DUI related thing. He wouldn't even drive it apparently just saying um, I need to need to focus all my efforts on football and make sure I'm doing the best I can do. And maybe he gets a new found sense of confidence or it could go the other way where he's like, you know, football is not really that important. Um, maybe there are more important things in my life. I, I don't know. Or maybe it has no effect at all. It's look, we're, we're struggling uh, here with this because we don't know the whole story, but I just, I don't know that that thought popped into my head. Is that silly? Nope. No, I mean obviously when something significant happens, and apparently if that photo is from the accident, it was a very serious accident. He's very lucky he wasn't seriously hurt because that car is all sort of t-boned and messed up. So uh, 
you know, uh, so I'm sure it was a really scary thing. It's very common. I do a lot of car accident cases as part of my legal practice. And what I've found is it is extremely common for people to suffer from some level of PTSD after accidents. They don't want to get in their car again. Uh, yeah. They're very anxious about driving and being on the road. Uh, they get anxious about a lot of things in their lives. They have nightmares. That is extremely common after accidents. And the worse the accident is, the worse that is. So uh, it could have a negative effect or a positive effect here. Here's what comes to mind for me, Luke, is this is the off week. It is traditional at Alabama and most schools that during our off week, the players go home. Uh, they don't have to practice, you know, on Friday or they get out of practice very early on Friday and, and they're free to go home if, if they live fairly close to home and spend some time with their families who they probably hadn't seen uh, in a good while. So it's traditional. But this year with COVID, I'm 100 percent sure there was some level of effort on Alabama's part to try to convince the kids to stay in Tuscaloosa because of COVID. They they don't live in a bubble in Tuscaloosa. Our, our football program is not a bubble deal. They're, they're, they're on campus and they go out to eat and try to live semi-normal lives. But they are careful and they spend a lot of time on the football building, which is completely sanitized. I am sure there was some level of let's try to keep as many of the kids here and then they go home and now Trey gets in this wreck. And I assure you, after Nick Saban found out he was okay, Nick's like, damn it. You know, we didn't want them to leave. We didn't want any yeah. of them to leave. Now, of course, that was for COVID, not because he thought, you know, 60 of them were going to get in car wrecks. But uh, that was my first thought was Nick's like, I knew I should have put them in a dorm and locked the door and thrown away the key this weekend. Um, and so that was that was my first thought. Yep. No, I agree. And, you know, it did also remind me, look, it's kind of weird that they're not more stories like that about the, the number I guess it tells you about how well taken care of most of these kids are now they, they're still kids they still do they still screw up but you rarely hear about a, a college athlete dying from something pretty regular like a car wreck right I mean and I say pretty regular I mean look there are a lot of car wrecks every day and a lot of fatal auto accidents I just find it I, I was thinking man how often do we hear about a uh, a player getting hurt in a car wreck or getting hurt or, or killed in a car wreck. We, we rarely, rarely hear about it. And there are a gazillion football, basketball, baseball, collegiate teams. And it just seems like it's pretty rare, which is great. It just, it tells you, <clears throat> I, I don't know what it tells you. Actually, I just found it a little bit odd. Uh, it did also remind me there was a kid, um, I want to say back in the eighties, maybe early nineties, Dion, somebody from Ozark who drowned. He did in a car wreck. He was in a car wreck and then he drowned, right? Uh, yeah, Dion McLeod. Dion McLeod, that's right. And uh, one of the, this is amazing for people that, that don't remember that or too young or maybe they forgot. That accident happened right before school started. That This was back when kids would graduate in April and spend the summer at home That's and right. report and report in the fall. That's, That's such right. a, uh, young people. Yeah. Young yeah. people listen to this right now. would be going like, you gotta be kidding me. That's how they used to do this. But Oh yeah, that was just the thing. I mean, you, you graduated in April or May and you stayed home for the summer. And then there was this big reporting thing. And then, then the freshmen practiced by themselves for three days before the veterans would start practicing. And that was how we did things back then. So 
it was late in the summer when Dion McLeod, who had signed with Alabama, uh, was in an automobile accident and drowned and died uh, before reporting to campus. But this is a fact. They played the Alabama-Mississippi High School All-Star Game back then during the summer in right. Mobile. It was, it was a June game, okay? So in that game, on the defensive line, Dion McLeod played in the game, and so did John Copeland, who would, who would then go on to junior college. He would then go on to junior college and become a junior college All-American, then come and become one of the great defensive linemen in Alabama history, helping lead the team to a national championship. Well, I can tell you, I was at All-Star practice all week and that All-Star game. Dion McLeod was every bit as good as John Copeland. He, in, in that game, he was. He, he was long. He was big. He was athletic. He was going to be a dude. That was such a big football loss, yep. uh, which, which doesn't even measure up to the personal loss to his, uh, his family. But, wow, what a, what a horrific tragedy that was. I, I guess that was the summer of 88, I believe. Summer of 88 or yeah. summer of 89. And I remember that pretty well because I just, I mean, recently started following recruiting. Not not to the extent I do now because you, you couldn't then. I mean, it, you didn't have cell phones. You didn't have Twitter. You didn't have nope. uh, 24 It was magazines. It was Forrest it was, Davis Magazine and 1-900 numbers. And, and 1-900 Cecil numbers, which, you know, <laughs> uh, it's kind of weird now to say that. It seems The like newspapers covered recruiting fairly well, but not, right. not like <laughs> we do, not like we get to today. But I remember Sports Illustrated, they used to have, um, like, Sports Illustrated, they'd come out with a thing that's like, okay, these, like, random things happen. I always loved it whenever they mentioned anything Alabama because it was moderately rare. And they they actually had in there, like, happening around the United States or whatever, and they'd pick, like, seven states to do something. They said, you know, Alabama commitment, Dion McLeod, you know, tragically died. And I was like, God, that's just so awful. I had already heard about it, of course, but it was just sad to see. I remember it making Coors Illustrated. All right, Jimmy, let me, let me tell everybody about Coors Light. Uh, Crack open a Coors Light this weekend and just relax, chill. Coors Light is made to chill. You need to grab a Coors Light this weekend, sit back, watch the world's largest cocktail party. They should call it the world's largest Coors Light party. And then watch Notre Dame, Clemson, Probably a drubbing, but still watch it and just chill at the house with some Coors Light. That's what I'm going to do. My plans have finally been figured out. I'm going to sit at the house and unwind because it's been go, go, go all week. It's been a hectic week, a stressful week. I'm going to have a Coors Light and watch a lot of football this weekend. Can't wait for it. Coors Light, absolutely made to chill, and I'm going to take advantage of that. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Please, please, please celebrate responsibly. All right, Jimmy, let's get into some predictions for this non-Alabama weekend. Um, <clears throat> you know, I don't even, I'm don't. i not going to do Vandy, Mississippi State. I, I don't want to do that to the listeners. I, I, don't, I wouldn't make somebody watch it. I mean, I, that seems like some kind of waterboarding is, is Vandy, Mississippi State. And the fact that Mississippi yeah. State is a 19-point favorite is disgusting in its own right. Vandy and Mississippi State should both be disgusted by that spread. But um, regardless yeah, – I kind of picture – I kind of picture like – that game is going to be like, like two really old men in the pool at Del Boca Vista three in Florida, swinging their uh, they're in a in a dispute over uh, they're in a dispute over the HOA fees, and uh, they start swinging their uh, wet uh, swimming noodles. You know those uh, those those swimming noodle things that people can uh, you know float on, and it's like two old men trying to whack each other with these 
wet swimming noodle raft things. And that, that's kind of what I picture Vanderbilt, Mississippi State looking like. You have said swimming noodle <laughs> four times more than I thought anybody would say today already. I was trying to come up with a better way to describe it, but are, are they called noodles or what? what yeah, you they're know what I'm talking about. Okay. Called, I don't know what they're called. I got four kids. You know I know what all that shit's called. <laughs> um, well, that's gotta, what. By the way, at the end of this podcast, I got another funny story about my mom and son. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But anyway, all right. So let's go Texas A&M, South Kakalaki. You got any reason oh, yeah. that it's going to be a good game? Well, here's a couple things. Uh, I mean, I'm big on market correction uh, as, as a, a way to predict, you know, when I feel like one team is like, wait a minute, they're not quite as good as everybody thinks they are. And the, and the, and the other team isn't nearly as bad as everyone thinks they are. And, and there could be a market correction, you know, and, I think in this game there will be a market correction, but but A and M is just too good, and I, I think they will win the game. But I can see that game being tight. Uh, I, I think it's tough to win on the road. South Carolina is very capable. They beat Auburn almost badly at home. Uh, they've got a handful of dudes, and I think there's too much talk of A and M making the playoff, and they might, they might, but I don't believe. Texas A&M is actually the fourth best team in college football. I think they're due for a little bit of a correction. South Carolina is better than their biggest critics suggest. So I, I see that being tight, but uh, but I like A&M to win. I also like A&M to win. And so that pretty much concludes the SEC schedule. Yeah, I mean, really, there's another game. And frankly, I can't even remember what it is. Two other. Well, we hadn't talked. Well, Florida, Georgia. Well, uh, Florida, Georgia, I know, but I was thinking about the other game besides Arkansas, Tennessee. Arkansas, Arkansas, Tennessee. Okay. And and that game, I think there is a market correction coming, and that's what this. That's another market correction game. What I mean by that is, Tennessee's pretty good, and Arkansas's not. I mean, I know Arkansas has has played well so far, and the last two or three weeks, Tennessee's been a little disappointing, but but. I think it's a line in Eminem's song, Snap Back to Reality. And, and that, yeah. that, that's, that's what this is. I think Tennessee plays well, proves they are the third best team in the SEC East, and Arkansas proves that, that they should be tied for last in the West with Mississippi State. So I like Tennessee to beat Arkansas on the road, not 42-3, to three, but uh, something like 31-14. Uh, to 14. I think they handily beat Arkansas. They need it. Uh, they, you have a loss here. All of a sudden, things get oh. ugly quick for Jeremy. Um, right. So let's go to the world's co- largest cocktail party. This is a little tougher uh, because I think there's kind of a history of, of when you start doubting Georgia and Kirby. That's when he reminds everybody, hey, we're actually you know pretty good here. But th- this is what I think. Uh, we talked about it all summer that Florida was the trendy pick to win the East. And I think both of us all summer were feeling like, well, we're not ready to do that. I mean, Florida hasn't proven it yet. They haven't proven they can beat Georgia. And until they do, I'm going to pick Georgia to win the East. And, and we both felt that way this summer. But something huge changed. And, and that huge thing that changed is that Jamie Newman left Georgia in a walk-on as their starting quarterback. And if you'd have told me that this summer, I'd have picked Florida to win the East like everyone else. And that was before I'd seen how good Kyle Trask had improved and how Kyle Pitts is turned into what he is, and KD Tony is is deserving of first team All SEC recognition. Uh, I I think Florida wins the game. Uh, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think Florida wins the game uh, because they're a better team 
than Georgia is. Yeah, I think Florida will win too. I mean, the 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 losses for Georgia are just piling up in terms of of injuries, and I think it's too much to overcome. And I also think Florida is going to be so geeked up for this game. Yeah, I'm it's talking. not an upset. Not an no. upset. Florida's it's weird team. that Georgia's still favored, though, right? Didn't it? Isn't that weird? I think Georgia might be favored, and I think that's almost dumb at this point. I mean, I've se- I've seen both of these teams play multiple times. Florida's better. You know what wouldn't shock me? And I'm talking about this wouldn't shock me in the least. Florida beats Georgia and maybe beats them handily and then goes to Missouri the next week and either uh, – wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. They don't go to Missouri the next week. They've already played Missouri. They've got Missouri on the schedule. So who does yeah, – They still have – They probably have a loser a game or two. Game. I'm, not exact, I'm not exactly sure Florida – Yeah, that was a game that was postponed, right? So I think Florida's off next week. That might be true. I, I just know this. Florida, you're you're right that Florida could lose to a rando. I mean, they could lose to anybody. Um, here's what Florida's schedule is now, Jimmy. So I'm assuming I got to find because 24 seven had updated. I saw Florida at Missouri. I'm like that didn't make any dent. That's Georgia at Missouri next week. It's Georgia. Ooh, now Georgia could Georgia could easily lose that game. Maybe I was looking at now. Okay, I got it now. Florida's got Arkansas next week. And it wouldn't shock me at all if that game were incredibly close because of, uh, you know, expending so much energy, Florida not being used to being the the hunted rather than a hunter, yada, 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 all that crap. All right. I want to – let's talk about Notre Dame, Clemson real quick, and then we'll take a break. And then I want to – I got a couple of stories, and then we're going to the house. You with me? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And I think uh, here's – we'll disagree here. Mostly what I'm doing is sticking with a prediction I made this summer – when I said the upset of the college football season would be Notre Dame beating Clemson, I said that this summer. I'm going to stick with that just because I said that this summer. <laughs> and I didn't know at the time that even, of course, how would I know that Trevor Lawrence would be out for this game? Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to say Notre Dame wins, and I really know they aren't. But, but, but by saying Notre Dame wins, what, what I'm really telling you all that, Notre Dame's pretty good. I, I think Alabama fans – will forever consider Notre Dame overrated because of what happened in 2012. And, and, and it's just a mantra with Alabama fans that uh, Notre Dame's not that good. And I think so much of that extends back to a completely different team at a completely different time. I think Notre Dame is pretty good. I, I don't think they're the fourth best team, but I do think they're a legitimate top 10. I think they're legitimately one of the best 10 teams. And if you go on the road to face a top 10 team that is – trying to prove to the world that they're good, you better lace them up. And uh, I, I think it's going to be tight. I'm, I'm reasonably sure it's going to be tight. Uh, I'm going to pick Notre Dame to win. Uh, Whoa. A, a, am, I, am I surprised if Clemson wins? Of course not. Clemson's got more good players than Notre Dame, even with DJ Iungalele on, on, the, on the field. Clemson's better. But, uh, no, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll just say I, I think Notre Dame wins. The, I'm going to pick Notre Dame to win the game. What, what I'm really saying, though, is I just expect it to be very tight. I'm going to pick Clemson to win. Just Frankly, I don't even know what's better for Alabama. I think it is better for Alabama for Florida to win. I would rather play Florida in the SEC title game than Georgia again just because it's so hard to beat a team twice, and all that jazz. But I, um, I don't know what's better for Alabama for Notre Dame. If Notre Dame wins, see – even with all the losses, I feel like if they rematch an ACC title game, which they almost certainly would, assuming Notre Dame didn't trip up along the way, then they'll be once Trevor Lawrence comes back and they beat the fire out of Notre Dame, there'll be a big movement to say, well, 
Um, you know, Notre Dame still deserves to get in because they beat them that other time and all this other jazz. But I, I, anyway, um, I'm going to pick Clemson to win because I want it to happen, I think. I actually deep down want Notre Dame to win, but I think it's better if Clemson wins. Um, so I don't know. But if see, if Notre Dame wins, Alabama moves number one, which is also positive. So, shoot, I don't, I, it doesn't matter. I just want to – I'm hoping for a Coors Light and a good game. That's what I'm really hoping for. Um, speaking of good game and good stuff, Home Field Apparel, go check them out. My stuff's coming in next week. I just got the email about it. Can't wait. And we'll talk more about Home Field uh, next week. All right, Jimmy, I promised you a story. Yep. I'm going to tell you a couple of them. Uh, first of all, this one's a little bit more relevant about the uh, – you were talking about the little pool noodles or whatever. And so my parents bought a Maui pad. You know what that is, right? The big – it's like this – I don't know. It's like – 15 maybe 20 feet long and about eight feet wide and this thing it's like a raft a, yeah it's like a raft but you can literally like kids can stand on it i can stand on it at 240 but i sink in a little bit you know it's just it's sort of like a lily pad you know um for a frog but like my kids get out there and just love it and whatever so uh we have this maui pad and um it's, it's out in the lake and it's anchored, it's tethered to a cinder block down at the bottom of the lake and all this stuff. Well, after the storm, you know, uh, my mom just realized a couple of days after the storm, she's like, well, the Mary pad's gone. Somebody stole it. Somebody stole it. Somebody stole the Mary pad. stole it. Which wouldn't, it has happened. I mean, because these things are like $500 a piece. Oh, wow. So, um, and so they're only tethered by like a little, all, all somebody have to do is come up and roll it up real quick, put it on the back of their boat and they're gone. Um, so she was like, it's stolen. Should I told told your brother to put it up. He didn't put it up. It's stolen. And I said, okay, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's winter. I mean, it's not like we're getting on it. We'll deal with it in the summertime. Well, uh, you know, we, she'd been talking about it and the Maui pad this and the Maui pad that. She's driving home yesterday and she sees what she thinks is this giant bale of hay in the middle of the road. And she's like, that's weird. That bale of hay looks just like a Maui pad. And and because it's all rolled up, and then she sees this guy who was in a truck like turning around, and he's walking out to go pick it up. What had happened was the Mary Pat had broken loose in the storm and like drifted off into a slough. Somebody called somebody else and said, "Look, I don't want this nasty old thing. This sun faded, dried up. Come get this thing out of my yard." He's like, "I'll take it." So he came, rolled it up in the back of his truck, and as he's driving off. Uh, the it blows off the back of his truck. It's just weird how they. It's small sort of like, town. It's like small town living in a bottle off an island, and like it gets to the person you meant for it to go to. It's like that. What are the odds? <laughs> small town living right there. And I got. Yeah. I'm going to tell one other story, and I hope this never gets back to her that I told it. But it's funny. So years ago, uh, my wife, my mom, and my dad were going to Biloxi. This is I don't know five years ago, maybe going down to Biloxi for the weekend. And my parents had just put their great Dane down. Like he was old. It was hurting. I think he may have had cancer. And the vet just said, look, we got to put him down. And so they put him down. And my parents were like really attached to all their great Danes. They always have one great Dane and they were really attached to this one. They were upset. And, you know, so I'm driving. And so everybody's drinking, but me on the way to Biloxi, you know, like I'm the sober driver for four hours. Right. And everybody's drinking and everybody's, you know, oh, man, I miss my dog. And I miss, I think Angus was his name. I miss Angus so much and just on and on. Well, it's a beautiful day, right, when we leave. 
And as we're driving down the road, I'm still just driving and whatever. And mom had sort of gotten pensive thinking about the dog. So she's got sort of like her head in her hand, looking out the window. And she says, Luke, I just noticed this. She said, looks like some bad weather's coming. Just, just be ready. And I was like, okay, that's kind of odd. Like, what do you, what do I do to, should I go ahead and have my hand on the windshield wipers? I mean, and so we go another five minutes and I'm still looking and I don't see a cloud in the sky. And we go another five minutes and my mom says, Hey Luke, I'm really not liking the looks of of this, of it outside. I I want you to to be ready in case weather gets bad. And like all of a sudden now everybody's sort of like, what, what, what's going on? But I'm just sort of playing along with it and driving like, okay, if bad weather comes, I'm ready. The next time she says, Luke, I'm not kidding. The skies look ominous. I remember that because I'd never heard her say the word ominous before. And so it stuck out vividly. It's ominous. Ironically, it's ominous. The skies are ominous. That sounds like something that the ancient Greeks would say if they thought Zeus was pissed. And, um, so she said, the skies are ominous. I want you, if you see a bridge, go ahead and get under it so we can just avoid the, the rain that's sure to come at any minute. And I swear to God, Jimmy, I'm looking out. I don't see, I see a cloud, but it's not like a storm cloud, right? And mom says, finally, after five more minutes, Luke, if you don't pull over and find a bridge, I'm going to start driving and we're going to get, we're going to be safe on this trip. And my dad says, yeah. You're looking out the window where Angus used to lick all the time and there's slobber all over the window and the window (laughs) ended and you have on sunglasses and you've been drinking. It's not (laughs) obvious outside. You can't see anything. And so from that point on, we kind of laughed about it. But I mean, dad had been, he had took all he could take because he was like, I'm just going to let her, you know, this is her way of grieving. But finally, he got on to me hard enough where he was like, I got to step in. (laughs) Because the dog, like, used to, the great, they have a great down now, and it rides into town. My mom comes to town three times every day before 10 o'clock in the morning. Like, my parents got to find everything that's been stolen from y'all. That's right. She, they live, my parents live on Lake Martin, and which is 15 minutes from my work, Robinson Iron in Ellick City. And so she gets up and leaves at six in the morning and the great Dane has to come in with her. He's like, it's gotten to be so routine that if she doesn't take him into town, he's pissed and he like pouts. So she brings him into town. They come into town. She gets her mail from the previous day and then she takes him back home and then she drops him off. And then she comes back to town and does errands. And then she goes home and drops those errands off like groceries or whatever. Then she comes back to town and just mills about. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, she does more, bef- you know, that old commercial, we do more before 9am than most people do. all yeah, day. Those, are, those are Marines. Yeah. She comes to work. She comes to town more often before 9am than most people do ever to LXC. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, ominous. Yeah, oh, that story God, was ominous. God bless her. And I love her, but that's, that's the story we always say. We always go, Mo is looking ominous out there whenever it's just, you know, a, a chamber of commerce type day. Yeah, but, it's a good uh, thing our moms don't listen to the show. Oh no, she will find out about this somehow. Cause she she also jumps on me because my mom doesn't like to get on uh uh Facebook or Instabook or you know those little <laughs> words that all that generation says. They don't you know, it's funny, my parents' generation are either like Facebook crazy 
or they that's hate right. the idea of it. That's There's nobody exactly. that's like a million. Oh, yeah. Like my, my mom mocked Facebook for years, years, and just mocked it. And then she got on it. And now I cannot have a conversation <laughs> with her where the word Facebook doesn't come up every five minutes in, in, in a positive manner. Well, she says, uh, my, so my mom gets on to me because, you know, I'm on Facebook, but I, I just do it every now and again. I originally only got on there to see how fat some of my old friends were that I don't see anymore. And, but now I'm just, I just post pictures of Sela or the other kids or whatever. Well, mom got on to me a while back. She was like, well, um, got any new pictures of the kids? And I said, yeah, I do actually. She goes, don't bother. She goes, my friend already sent them to me because she downloaded them from Facebook and texted them to me. You don't send them to me. And I said, Mom, but I put them on Facebook because they're completely public. And if you just got on Facebook and had two friends, you'd see them as long as I'm one of them. And she was like, I'm not getting on Facebook. I'm just not doing it. I'm not getting on Facebook. You know, so I said, okay, that's fine, whatever. But anyway, so that's that. Uh, Snap face. I think snap. that's what didn't, didn't Bill Belichick called it snap face. Snap, snap face. That's great. Yeah. It was, they were asking Bill Belichick about, uh, you know, you don't, you don't have a presence on social media or whatever, one of his press conferences. And he said in this normal monotone, yeah, I don't do it. I, I don't participate in any of that, you know, that snap face stuff. <laughs> that's all. <awesome. laughs> snap face. <laughs> all right, buddy. So I have a girl and enjoy a Coors Light and a built bar and a built go and get your home field apparel on. Hey, and y'all all make fun of me when uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame 49 to 7, and I basically guaranteed it would be tight. Y'all uh, y'all listen in Monday and make fun. Pile on. It'll be an ominous moment. Uh, <laughs> roll tide, buddy. Roll tide. <laughs>